0: Like, you do not have to have millions of followers, even hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, because you are going to reach such a niche audience of people who really, really aligned with whatever it is that you're
1: talking about right? all right we are back with another episode of the six and stones podcast if you're new here welcome what an episode to welcome you in on my name is stone frederickson the host of this show and on the show i like to explore the different minds and lifestyles of very successful entrepreneurs content creators and investors to try to provide you with as much valuable information as possible um and today's episode, it's, it's, it's a really good one, especially if you're a content creator, you're wanting to monetize, or if you're not a content creator, but you're interested in becoming one, uh, I sit down with Janae Rose, a content creator and online business coach, specialist. Uh, we run through her business, her story, and then also her framework on how she takes clients from taking $0 in revenue from content creation to all the way up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, she owns a multi seven-figure business as a content creator, helping other content creators make money. Uh, she's been in this business for mo- multiple years, many, many years. Um, and it's very, very interesting kind of the ways she goes about um, you know, building that foundation as a community and then going into developing the offer, selling the offer, scaling that offer. Uh, it's, it's awesome. What a great, valuable episode. I'm super excited for you to tune into this one. And uh, yeah, I just really, really hope you enjoy it, really gain a lot of value from it. If you do, if you wouldn't mind, please just sharing it to one person. That's it. If everyone could share it with one person, we could grow this podcast to, uh, to more people and get this value out to more people and, and impact more people. And that would be greatly appreciated. Um, also, if you like this, drop a comment, drop a like, subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, whatever platform you're listening on, and make sure to check out Janae's uh links in the description down below uh check out her programs her products and also her social links as well as mine thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching hope you enjoy i kind of wanted to to just rotate this around i mean because obviously you've 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 learned a lot about the online business scaling earning a lot of money Uh, so i kind of just want to touch base on your story Um, kind of run through, you know, when you started in March of 2017, Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of how, how other people can do it. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but March of 17, uh, 2017, you quit your corporate job to teach yoga on IG. Then around November of 2018, you, uh, you, you made your first launch. You made about, uh, 18,000 per month with Mm -hmm. about 20 to 30,000 followers on IG yeah. And then around August of 2019, you made your first $50,000 a month with over 200 students. June of 2020 made about $10 million in, in client- For generated students. Were, yes. Or, or, yes, uh, yeah. students. Um, yeah. And then today you're, you're making multiple six figures a month uh, with a team of eight. So let's Go backtrack. Um, <clears throat> March of 20, 2017, you quit your corporate job uh, to teach yoga on IG. Um, i'm curious how did you uh, how did you like quit that job and then go to you know uh social media how was it like overcoming that and then what was kind of like your plan or strategy in terms of like your content
0: so i had found yoga the year prior and um in my corporate career i was never excelling i was fired from gosh, over five years, I might've had eight jobs and I was fired from all but one or two. So I was not excelling in the corporate environment. That does not mean I'm not smart, right? Like I just, it wasn't the right learning mechanism for me because I have a lot of ideas. I'm very entrepreneurial and people would tell me to do something a certain way and I would do it a better way, which was my way. And they didn't like that, right? The corporate structure is not meant for that. So I knew I had to get out. Um, And I was kind of, it was funny because I had found really the job that I was excelled at. Like I was in outside business development for Coca-Cola, right? But I mean, I was number one in the country for a while. And out of all the BDLs, hundreds and hundreds of them in the country. And this is the person that goes out to like restaurants and all these places and asks you to buy soda or water or whatever other product we have. So you're like hitting the streets. And I was in the streets of LA, like walking up to business owners and I got my teeth kicked in and I loved it. So sales was always something that I was just really good at naturally. Um, So I was finally, I got promoted. I beat out all the people in my team in LA to get promoted. And I showed up for like the first day of that promotion, which was into management. And I looked around and I was in charge of like a hundred people who were going out to these, um, they were like the refillers of all the different like you know at gas, gas stations and things like that right. and i'm not the person they look to right like i look very different than them we're up at 5 a.m and like i realize like there's something very wrong in my life right now because i was vegan i was practicing yoga every single day i was a 200 hour certified i was getting my 500 hour certification I was like bringing my own lunch to the team lunches, right? Like everyone's drinking monster and Coke at five in the morning. Here I am with like vegan sausage wrapped up to go. Like something isn't making sense here. So I quit my job to the dismay of everyone around me. Um, I had saved a little bit of money. It wasn't much, maybe 10,000 bucks, like maybe. Um, And I was like, I'm just going to do it. It was seven days before my 27th birthday. I just realized if I don't do it now, I never, I never will. I Never will, and I'd rather fall on my face now while I can. I'm kind of detached, I have a boyfriend, you know, like that's it. Yeah. I
1: don't,
0: I maybe had a dog at the time, got you know, it. so yeah, I quit, yeah. But I'd already had about 10,000, 20,000 followers at that time, just oh, organically. Okay. So I was posting about yoga, and I hid that from my work. No one knew, got it right, because it was just such a dissension from who I was at the corporate environment, and that caused an issue internally. And I just knew I had to do it. And
1: so got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. And I mean, that's like exactly what happened to me. I mean, I was doing my job and creating on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, you know, I, I I thought that you just, you know, started right off the get go. Um, but that's smart. I mean, to, to, to create content while you're in that job. And then Mm -hmm. once it builds to that point to where you could turn it into a business, you uh you shifted but what was kind of like the plan after you quit and then you know like in terms of like maybe the content and then when did it start really getting into the the business side offers and, and and things like that
0: yeah so this was and so march 2017 quit my job i was really did not have a major plan but i knew i had this certification Right? I was a 500-hour yoga certified teacher, RYT, Registered Yoga Teacher. So I knew that I could go and teach yoga, right? And everyone who was my inner circle of friends, I had met a lot of these. We didn't call us each other creators at the time, but the, they now are like these massive yoga influencers who are in all the Aloe Yoga campaigns. You can probably guess who they are. So I had met merged with this circle of people who were creating content, but we didn't. There wasn't that term at the time. So they were yoga teachers, right? So I was like, I'm going to follow in their footsteps. I'm going to go door knocking, right? My specialty and apply to teach yoga. What I did not know was how competitive it is in LA. I mean, everyone and their mom is a yoga teacher, right? So what I, my plan, I, this is how scrappy I was. And to this day, I still am. Okay. But this is how scrappy I was. I printed out. I went on like whatever those postcard makers are, you know, the online places. And I, I paid like. I remember thinking it was so much money. It was like 50 or 60 bucks. And I bought like a hundred postcards with a photo of me doing a handstand and with like my address, my email, my phone number. And I was like, let yoga come to you. And then on the back, I was like, are you in pain? Like, are you struggling with your weight? Whatever. Like I, anything I could think of. And I went and I walked my dog in the nicest neighborhoods in LA. So Brentwood, Malibu, Beverly Hills, walked my dog as a decoy and went up to every mansion, That I could find and put my postcard in every freaking mailbox. Okay. No one called me. I did that for two weeks straight. Two weeks, all day. Like just going out, going out, rebuying postcards, going out, going out. I was like, someone's gonna call. Nobody called. It's like, okay, what am I gonna do now? So I started emailing different hotels and I ended up starting to get some responses, right? Because you know, I I'm I'm smart, I have a like college degree. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just like pivot here. And I reached out and I sent them my resume, right? Which showed that I went to USC and I'm like, show a little picture of myself. And then I started getting some calls and I started teaching, but I had, you know, even with big clients, like I was teaching meditation and yoga at Tom's during their lunch break, Tom's headquarters in LA. I was making like 40 bucks for the hour, you know, like you're not making enough money to be able to survive. So really quickly, I realized all this while I'm posting content, I'm talking about my just my journey as it's happening. I'm like, I quit my job. Oh, my God. Like, just sharing this journey with people, creating content on self-mastery, self-development, like how I, you know, was able to, like, really heal a lot of my own anxiety, depression, all those things through yoga and that that practice. And it was this intersection of, like... Okay. I quit to teach yoga. I'm not making enough money to survive. I'm very quickly, like rapidly going through the money that I have. Right. I'm 27. My mom literally said, do not call me if you need money. Right. And like her whole thing is every day. It felt like for the first eight months, 12 months, two years, she sent me a text like, Oh, you should go get this job, apply for this thing. Sent me you know, a LinkedIn article or LinkedIn job opening. Like she was a hammer. And so I was like, I can't ask for help. You know, boyfriends broke too. Like, we're just, this is where it is. So I went to, I turned to Instagram and I was like, I've built this community. People are constantly reaching out to me for advice. Like, what could I do with that? I have to eat. Right. Right. And like, I started getting some brand deals here and there and like kind of went, tried to like check that out, but I hated it because I didn't want to work for the brands. I think the most I ever made off a brand deal was like a few thousand bucks and it was like, you know, it was like herbal essences or something. Yeah. And I just remember hating it because I had to submit the, the photos, right? If they didn't like it, it was a reshoot. Now the creators have a lot of control. Back then we did not. It was like, this is a no, you're getting paid on a net 60, right? you yeah. know what that is, you're getting paid 60 days after that is posted. How am I supposed to feed myself? How am I supposed to pay my rent? You know. So that's really when it came the intersection of like, what I'm doing isn't working. I'm not going to make enough money teaching yoga. I'm sharing so much information and advice on social media. People constantly ask me for help. What if I stopped trying to teach yoga and I did this online thing? I was like a virtual life coach. That's what I was called at the time. Because again, coaching was not really a thing. We're talking yeah. like the end of 2017, the mid of 2018, right? or early 2018, and that's when I went full-time on Instagram. Wow. And everyone wow. was like, you're insane. Like, they yeah. said, you're insane when you <laughs> when quit my job to teach yoga. I'm leaving a steady, corporate, safe job. Like, the we have benefits, you have bonuses, you get, like, yeah. 30% off your Verizon bill when you're with, like, big companies <laughs> like that, right? And then I quit that to teach yoga. And I was like, you're crazy. Where's the stake of your life. You're dead to us. Like, my boss and all those people. And then... I was like, oh, I'm going to stop teaching yoga, which is what I quit the job for. And I'm going to go post on Instagram. My mom was like, you've lost your mind. There's no way. Like, are you talking I think,
1: insane? yeah, I think a couple, a couple keynotes that I got from that was one, uh, your willingness to reach out for help and to, to get yourself into that network of like, uh, you know, other people teaching yoga and trying to to figure out kind of how to, how to go about it, but also the power of social media and just documenting your life. I mean, you were here just documenting your journey. And then finally you realized that this was monetizable. I think a lot of people could be doing that, uh, just doing anything that they're doing. And then finally, you know, once they build in that community, uh, they can, they can, you know, develop that offer and start selling it. What was that kind of like? You, you've built this community, you've developed this offer. Um, how did you go about that kind of yes. process?
0: So in early 2018, I was like, I'm going to quit teaching yoga, I'm moving into this online world. And um, I was terrified. I had a friend actually who I met through the kind of yoga community in, in Santa Monica, and she was a life coach. And I was like asking her about her business because she was online. I thought she was, you know, had all these followers, whatever. I was like, what do you do? I don't understand what you do, right? I didn't even get it. And she's like, well, I like go on Zoom and I talk with people and I coach them. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this for real? Like, I'm just free. That's what I realized. And we walked down Abbot Kinney together. And, and, uh, we saw a sign for a Pilates studio that was like $99 for the first month or something. And I was like, I had no idea what to price myself at. I didn't even know if this was going to work. And she was like, there it is. That's the sign. I kid you not. She's like, that's the sign. And I was like, $99 for what? She was like for an hour. And I was like, Bullshit. Oh, shit. No one's going to pay me $99 for an hour. Like you're crazy. She's like, do it. I like went home got on stories on Instagram. I don't even remember if live was around yet. If live streams were the thing yet, I can't remember. And you could probably look it up, but I got on stories and I was like, I'm taking on five clients and it's $99 for the hour. And I remember like, I was just so terrified and like, I booked a few people, right? Like within a couple of days and I was like, oh, this is it. I took Venmo. Like I made every mistake <laughs> you could ever make, right? Because There wasn't an industry. There weren't standards. That was my first offer. And it's an okay place to start. But I'll kind of bridge you guys here a little bit. I did that for six months. And I was like chasing people down for payments, you know, chasing people down to book again. Like I was hustling. You can only do really four or five of those calls a day because they're really emotionally taxing. Even business strategy, right? It's like you can really only do four to five a day before your brain is mush. Um, and so six months at that, I was still barely getting by like rent in LA is at the time was 2000 bucks and we split a one bedroom apartment in Mar Vista. Like I was barely getting by, but I was, I was making it right. Like I was like, a little right. bit of money. okay, cool. Like this is working. And I realized that there just had to be a better way. Like this couldn't have been it. So I had, I had about 50 one-on-one clients right? That I was just like in between constantly chasing down. And I was like, what yeah. if I took 10 of those people and I put them together? This was my thought process because there was no like group program, right? Everybody knows now, like nobody knew. But like, what if I put these people together? And then I charged them like $1,500 for, I think it was like six or eight weeks. And I called it your own healing. And I was like, I'm going to just take everything that I know and I'm going to teach it to them over these six or eight weeks, whatever it was. I'm going to charge $1,500, and I booked, I think I booked 18 sales calls, and I closed half of them, and I made $18,000 in like two weeks, and this was November of 2018, which was two weeks before my wedding, and I remember like ending the day, and I was like bawling because that was more money than I ever had in my entire life. I was like, I just made $18,000. I pulled it out of thin fucking air. Like, this is insane. right? Like it's insane. I was like, these are strangers. Like I've never met these people. And I got them on a sales call with no framework. Right. And I was just like able to navigate it and made that much money. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like we have a fucking winner. You know, from there I knew it was like, I just discovered God's green art. Like I knew there was something here.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, Fast forward to the, you know, 2019, you were making 50,000 a month. Was that kind of the turning point of like how you can take it to the next step and kind of scale?
0: Yeah. So what's really important that I hope everyone takes away from my story is, is you have to look at the feedback. So I was always open to seeing that something wasn't working. And instead of continuing to do the same thing, which a lot of people kind of do, like they sit in that, I don't know, it's not working, but I'm just going to keep treading water. I pivoted. I shifted, I moved, right? Like I looked at the feedback that in the eye and I said, I got it right. So I was very present with like what felt good and what was working and what wasn't working. Um, and I think, you know, I was just very entrepreneurial, but like what happened was I continued running that program and I was making 18, $20,000 a month. Right. Cause as I got more confident, increased the price a little bit, right. Tack right. on a little bit more for the payment plan, whatever. And then I started getting like some little high ticket one-on-one clients here and there. So I was moving, you know, Um, and I, after about three or four rounds of that program, I kept seeing the same feedback, which was my clients came to me. They said, this was fantastic. I feel like I have all this knowledge now. How do I do what you do? I'm a therapist or I'm a this, or I have experience in that. How do I build an audience and how do I sell something to them and make money and quit my job? And I was like, ding, ding, ding. I can do that. Cause at this point after about four months, you know, and uh, almost a year of life coaching full-time between one-on-ones and that program. And I was like pretty burnt to a crisp. Right. right. my Empathy <laughs> therapists are like, I don't know. It's, I don't know how they do it. Right. Like I was like, my empathy levels are very short at this point. Like I just was taking on so much emotional baggage from people that I, I knew it wasn't the end all for me. I was like, this isn't, this is working, but this is not it. Right. Um, And so when I had that feedback from like, four, five, seven people kept like, they just kept coming. Right. I, like, I want to do what you do. Do you have something for that? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So that's really when I pivoted, um, into business coaching, but also important note, like I had done it. Right. I I had done it for myself. And I think that's just, especially with the way the market is right now, it's really important to note that like you guys have to do it for yourself before you teach it to someone else. Right. So I had, I knew what was working for my sales calls. So I was able to build these frameworks for people and, Such a great point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Such a great point. Even, even just doing it yourself before you could teach it. Um, I mean, even in, in, as a TikTok consultant and teaching TikTok, there's so many people that just have, have taken advantage of the, the rise of TikTok and, and, uh, advertise as if they're the expert and and yeah. that they could change the trajectory of other people's accounts, but yet they haven't even started their own account. And so I, I kind of did the same thing with, um, creating that content for myself and then other people being not only impacted by that, uh, but myself being impacted and saying, Oh my God, you know, I'm meeting so many successful people. Um, I'm making a good amount of money working with brands I've always imagined to work with. Hey, I'm, I'm telling, you know, my, my friends, Hey, you could be doing this too. Um, you know, and so now I've kind of done that with my coach stone of inspiring them and then showing them how to do it. Um, Now let's run through kind of the whole, the whole step-by-step process. If you were to redo it again, starting out, uh, you know, I think the steps are building that foundation first, then, then creating that offer, selling that offer and then scaling. Let's backtrack to building that foundation. If you were to do it all over again, building that audience, building that trust, how would you do it?
0: So this is essentially our boss method, right? And this was evolved over from, 2019, when I pivoted into business coaching, probably like mid-ish, I want to say like April, May months of 2019, I pivoted by request, right? By need, not because I was like, oh, being a business coach is going to be so much more profitable. (laughs) I didn't know what the fuck a business coach was, right? Like, again, like, don't go for the title that's shiny. Go for the one that you can win, And I knew I could win that because I already had clients. They like, sign me up, teach me how to do it. Here's my credit card. Let's go. Great. Got you. So something that's important that I did that I still teach people to do to this day is not front load your offer. I did not build a 12 week program of what I think people wanted. I signed the clients first. So our first round of what was then called so embarrassing, goddess boss mastermind, because remember I was pivoting from life coaching to business. That is a stark pivot, right? So when you're pivoting, you have to take that into consideration. Like do the people that currently follow me, do they want this new thing? Um, and we can talk about the demonstrative effects that that had on my content and like everything, but how I got through, I think is a really good lesson. But so yeah, I I took the money. I got the clients, I got nine people. I think I sold it at, I want to say like $4,444. It's so cringy to me now, but I sold it for four, 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 four at nine people. So whatever that is, I think that's like, I don't know. What is that? Uh, 40, 50 or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, that's like 40 or 50 grand, right? So yeah. in the ballpark and I was like, ah, amazing. Uh, and I took them through week by week. So I had an outline of where I wanted to go and I started there. Week one, I was ahead of them. I was already working on week two. Week two, I was already on week three because that allowed me to go with them and really to fill in the gaps of what they didn't learn the week before and bring that into the next week because I knew that this was going to be, the success of my business at this point now was going to depend on the success of their businesses, which was a very different approach than like someone's internal mindset and their feelings, right? right? With life coaching, if someone feels better, That's your cursor, right? It's not, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't as tangible as like, okay, now these people are depending on me to make money. This is very serious to me. So, and I remember like six weeks into that first program, someone made a $10,000 a month and I was like, I am addicted. I am in this shit forever, right? Like that was it for me. It sealed the deal. Like this made money because of me, I am like vibrating on fire. I was so excited. So that was like, I was hooked. Right, it's probably like when one of your clients goes viral. You're like, yes, like, this is it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's the impact, right? So uh, I took them through that, and so the boss method essentially was evolved out of that. I didn't have it the first round. Got and it. I didn't. I didn't have it a necessarily a mo- like a methodology, but it was. I have the idea. The idea was there, and then it just so happened. The next round, when I started developing my methodology, by the end of 2019, I was I had the methodology, I had the webinars, all, all that stuff kind of happened through 2019. It just so happened I was able to create the boss method and drop a goddess, and it was
1: just... Awesome. Yeah. So we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll... Well, will uh, touch on that that pivot stage because I think it is really important of mm. how you went from life coach to online business coach and how you did that also with your content. But I think yeah. it's super important to note that you built up the demand first mm-hmm. and then built a product or service or program uh, that best fits that need yeah. in order to to convert the most. Because and I'm starting to see that a ton with even the the people that are coming to me. They're like, "Hey Stone, uh, we got this ebook, we got this course, we got this product. Now we mm-hmm. want to build an audience for it." And I'm just like, okay, there's a couple things wrong with that, but yeah, that you said, but also, (laughs) also, I mean, even with, with TikTok, it's like TikTok's going to place your content in front of the right audience and, uh, you know, of which they think it's going to perform the best with. And that audience's needs might not be an ebook or a, a, a course. It might be one-on-one coaching heck. And it might even be your face on a, a t-shirt because they love your face or how, or a saying that you say, you know, like you just don't know until you've built that demand and where People are saying, "Hey, I want this. I want that," and it's exactly what happened to me. I just provided a ton of value, and then every other comment was, "Hey, let's get on a consulting call. You can review my account, and then we'll we'll go from there." Hey, I'll pay you to look over my account and give you give me some tips. So I think that's super important. But uh, let's just touch upon that transition from you went from life coach to online coach. How did you do that effectively and and get over that hurdle, especially with with your content too?
0: I think it was really for me, the success was because I had a level of detachment um, and I knew that this was what's best for me. And I knew that my audience would follow, even if not all of them did. And at the time I had about 70,000 followers on Instagram and I made a post and I was like, am I becoming a business coach? And that was my hook. Right. And this was photos at the time, still 2019, I don't, reels were not a thing yet so posted a photo and I think I said the is no, but let me explain, right? And I was like, this is part of my purpose, right? Like this is evolving out of what I was doing. I'm no longer the best at that. I can be the best at this. Um, and so I kind of put my flag in the sand as controversial as that might've been. And I said, if you want to unfollow me, it's totally cool, but I hope you'll stick around for the journey because I think there's something really special here. And then I pivoted into business content, but it still had that energy of like a little bit of like mindset, kind of spirituality, which was who I was at the time. Over the next year or so, I really evolved out of that and past that. So I let myself be who I am, right? Like I, you just, people evolve. So your your messaging is going to evolve, your content's going to evolve, your niche might evolve as well. And then for a year, I lost followers every single day. So I dropped back down. I was like 70,000 followers. And I went to, I think like 40,000 over that year. So, and I, but what was, what was funny, it's inverse of my profit. It was, so yeah. that was, my follower count was inverse of the amount of money I was making because I was getting people results. I was totally committed to this business coaching thing, right? I was adding more value. So it's not that I was just losing followers. I was gaining followers too, but the net was negative. Um, But I just think it's important to point out that like I was losing followers every day and I was making more money than I'd ever made at any point in my business.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the followers at that point was just a vanity metric. I mean, Mm -hmm. it had no correlation to uh, the revenue you were pulling in. And I I see that with a lot of my clients. I mean, I have some clients that have 5,000 followers, yet they make more than me. Um, because those are just strong, loyal followers. And I think it's super important that you just came out and you told your audience, this is what I'm going to do. You know, if, if you're along for the journey, you know, great. If you're not, so what you didn't you weren't really worried about them because those that were unfollowing you, they're not buying. And Grant Cardone actually said that in one of his videos, uh, because one person asked him, he's like, Grant, aren't you worried about just posting so much on your Instagram feed, like people unfollowing you? And Grant was just like, unfollow me. You ain't buying anyways. You know, so it's it's. Uh, It's super important to, to keep that in mind, especially when, when you're creating an online business around that following of just not trying to chase that vanity metric and, and continue to build followers, but to not only do what you want, uh, but to, to build trustworthy raving fans and followers, um, so now, so now let's get into uh, kind of the step two of, of the boss kind of program of creating this offer. Um, how do you, you kind of evaluate that audience? Now you've built this community, you've built uh, some, some strong needs and demands. How do you evaluate those and build the best offer?
0: Yeah. So I think it's really important to note that if you have the wrong audience, it doesn't work right? Because you can't fit yourself into a box to serve what the audience wants. So from day one, you want to build the right audience, right? Or you have to be okay with losing or leaving that audience behind to build what you want, which is where I was at. And I was totally okay with that. So A, emotional intelligence, right? Like you have to be detached from the outcome um, if you're going to pivot. But for most people right now, they're just starting to build, right? So First, most important thing you have to have, you guys, these are foundational building blocks, right? Build offer sell scale. You have to build an audience of ideal clients. Right? That audience does not have to be huge; doesn't have to be ten thousand or hundred thousand followers. You have to have a high concentration of ideal clients in your audience. If you have a hundred followers and ninety nine of those followers are ideal clients, you're 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 going to kill it, right? That's what we see because this is, you have to have this, right? So that's like our students. We've had people, hundred followers making $13,000 a month. So it's your followers it's growing. It's amazing. But it's real, right? Like these yeah. are the things that I want people to take away. Is like, you do not have to have millions of followers, even a tens of thousands because you are going to reach such a niched audience of people who really, really are aligned with whatever it is that you're talking about, right? If you have a hundred followers who are your mom's friends, Unless that's your ideal client, probably not going to work either though. So it goes both ways. Okay. So once you have that foundation, you've built an audience of ideal clients, of leads. Now you want to have an offer that they need, they want, and they're willing to pay for. So to me, it has to fit those three categories. They need it. They want it. They're willing to pay for it. They might need and want something, but if it's not a big enough problem, they're probably not going to be willing to pay for it. Right? So true. And it's it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, which was You do not create the offer that you think people want. That's like the worst. I've seen so many people do that. Like you said, Oh, people come to me all the time. I have this course, I have this thing. How do I sell it? Well, you have no lead. Like no one trusts you, right? No one knows who you are. You have the best offer in the world, but if no one knows it exists, does it? Doesn't matter. So these are just important kind of concepts. So with the offer, the way that we teach offer development is a process that we've, termed co-creation, right? So we want our clients to get paid first so that then they are able to co-create with the client exactly what they want and need. So then they're getting paid to develop the first iteration of their offer. Does that mean you come without any idea of what you should be selling? No, you need to have an idea. The way you get the idea is by right being hand in hand with your community and understanding what they want, what they need and what they're willing to pay for. And that goes into part of our audience building, which is market research. Right. So when you build that audience, it's not luck. There's a full strategy there, right? It's like you got to talk to the people that you want to serve, figure out all of those kind of characteristic traits about them, right? What are they going through? Why have they been able to fix it? Blah, blah, blah. What are all the things they're trying on their own? You know, what are the words that they use, the phrases? So you've got really, really detailed because that's going to create the content that brings them into your audience. Once they follow you, now the process is how do you get them to buy from you? When and if they're ready. Not every audience member is going to buy. That's okay, too. But the ones who are perfect fits, right? How do you get them into conversation? Not just sell them a thing. I think a lot of people make that mistake. It's like, oh, I literally, I saw someone in my DMs today. And I have a team, so I'm not responding to the DMs. But I would kind of peek in there sometimes just to see what everybody's doing. And um, one of our team members, Garrett, was talking to someone who said, essentially, Oh, well, I don't yet have, he's on TikTok. I don't have a thousand followers yet, so I don't have a link in my bio. But I bought a course that said, don't sell anything till you get the thousand followers and then you can have a link in your bio. And someone on my team so brilliantly asked, so what's the plan when you add a link to your bio? You assume someone's just going to click it and buy the thing? And he was like, pretty much. And he was like, and we were like, what do you think the likelihood is of that? So if you see, you know, a sign on the freeway that says, need tires? Does that mean someone's going to go buy a tire? No, right? They probably have tires. So it's sort of like, don't wait for people to come to you. That's very passive. It's about going into the marketplace and figuring out like what void is there and can you fill it and do you want to fill it?
1: It's such a great point. And I think it all roots down to that foundation of like, none of this really matters. And we're going to get into selling it and and scaling it. But none of this after, uh, you know, uh, what we're going to be talking about moving forward, none of this really matters if you don't have that foundation, if you didn't build that, you know, that demand that you're going to, you know, uh, take advantage on with the offer and selling it and scaling it. But now, now let's get into to selling it. Um, so, so we got that foundation, we got that offer. Now it's about selling it. What does that usual, you know, optimal sales process look like?
0: Yeah. So I think if we just like review the foundation, right, you have your audience of ideal clients right? who have a problem that you can solve. You have what we would call an MVP, a minimally viable product. So it's essentially like an outline so that you have a general idea of where you're going of what someone wants, needs, and is willing to pay for building blocks, audience offer. Now once you have an offer, now you got to sell it. Right. But again, if you have no audience, there's no offer to sell. There's no one to sell to. So that's why it's like those building blocks of like, if you don't have that foundation, your offer doesn't matter. You can be the best salesperson in the world with the best offer in the world. If no one knows you exist. It doesn't matter. So once you have an offer and you've got some attention, now you need to convert that attention into paying clients, which is what it's all about. How do you turn a comment into payment? How do you turn DMs into dollar signs? How do you turn a follower into a buyer? I could go all day, right? That's the process. So TikTok and Instagram are slightly different in the messaging department, which is my one gripe with TikTok is like, let people message us because this is how we converse with people versus passively depending on them to click a bink and Right. Yeah. So um, the way, the process that we are have favorited over time is you have to get into conversation to pre-qualify. So for TikTok, that might look a little bit different. That might look like a triage call, right? So not setting up a 60 minute call, but like a 15 minute call so that you have that pre-qualifying process, or essentially not even a call at all. It could just be an application form. Um, But the precursor to that is you need the right people in your audience. So you need the right people paying attention and you need the right message to magnetize those people. And also to repel your unideal clients, because I think right now attraction marketing is not enough. There's so many people, other people doing what you want to do. Like, you don't just need messaging that speaks to your ideal client. You need messaging that repels your unideal client. And I think the same goes for what we would call qualifying content. Okay, So one of our students actually we started on Instagram, she fell out of love with it. I personally think you have to be in love with the platform that you use. So we moved her to TikTok. She's fucking killing it. Like in the last week, she had three posts that did over 400,000 views booked out her triage goals for the next three weeks, right? That's awesome. Now what her process is though, because she's overbooked. So now the process is disqualifying the people who booked it. Cause you're always gonna get, you know, the bigger the, bigger the attention, the more viral you go, typically the more unideal leads you'll get just because it's a numbers game at that point. Mm-hmm. So if you're on TikTok, right, that would be something you wanna be considerate of is, yes, you can go viral and get a ton of leads, How do you qualify to make sure that the right leads on Instagram? It's much less passive. So, we're having like triggering people to DM you, right? Inviting people to send you that first message because I don't believe in cold outreach. That's the opposite of what I teach. I hate it. Like, (laughs) but if someone is trying to sell you a course or a program, and I've talked to someone, someone on my team talked to someone who spent like $18,000 last year on a program by a coach that was teaching them cold outreach. And it was like message a hundred people a day. That's a really good way to get blocked and your account taken down. That's not what we want to do. Right. So TikTok, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, Facebook, it does not matter what platform you're on. Your content has to be generating leads, not just followers. Once you've generated the leads on Instagram or on Facebook, right. You're much, it's going to be an easier conversation because you can DM back and forth.
1: 100%. So, um, and just to, Just to speak off of my experience on gaining uh, a lot of leads from my content and how I've, how I was able to do that. One was just providing free valuable content and this all roots back to building that foundation of you know, that community, like uh, Gary V says it all the time. Like if you want to build that community, you have to just give as much valuable information as you possibly can without any expectation of getting anything in return. And it's like, they're almost feeling obligated to give you something, but also they also want more. They want you, they want to speak to you. Um, and then, you know, while you're giving that information, it's, it's okay to ask, you know, Hey, uh, why don't you check that link in my, bio to, you know, get that free guide or whatever it is, whatever that offer is. Uh, if you want to go further into this conversation, fill out that free 15 minute meeting application. Um, but I think the value standpoint is, is, is super important and it all roots back to the foundation. If you provide value, if, if you have that, if you have that community, uh, they're going to continue to support you in terms of your content, but also be willing to purchase whatever you're providing. Um, I think that's super, super important. Um, Okay, and so now uh, you know you get on these discovery calls. You 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 weed out all the 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 weak leads, and you get on the phone uh, on, with with the strong leads. How do you sell on the call, and how do you get them to get to a point to where they're just like, all right, where where and when do we start?
0: So I think there's a difference that people want to understand between a transaction and a sale. Sale is buy-in, right? So typically for people to even get on that call, they have some sort of buy-in, right? They've watched your free content. They've binged it. They've learned something. They were inspired. They, you know, got kicked in the gut a little bit. They realize that you're someone that can help them, right? You have to be positioned in that way as someone who understands their problem and who can help them solve it in order for them to self-qualify enough where they get on, they apply or they book a call. So we're pretty ruthless with this process, the way that we teach it, because we do not want our clients taking on clients that are not the right fit. So the transaction is the money, right? That's a transaction. That's not a sale, in my opinion. So you can transact with anybody, right? If you're like, oh, yeah, I just have this course. Cool. Go buy it. transaction, right? Is it a sale? No. Were they qualified, right? So there's there's just small differences that I think really (coughs) impact our students in the way that they approach business, because what you guys want to understand too, is like the skills that you need to learn to run a business to 10, 20, 50, a hundred thousand dollars a month, they have to be tangible, right? They, they are real skills. It's not like a Gary Vee, a book, a this, a that it's like skills built for this process, which is creating content that generates a community of ideal clients and converting and monetizing that into paying clients. And then you have, right, your lifetime value, your client, you have like all these other kind of processes. Um, but getting from that zero to $10,000 mark is essentially what boss was built to do, build offer, sell, right? So we're at that point of your trusted authority. People want to work with you. What do you do? So you've got your application process, which is a qualifier, right? Which is, you know, you're essentially gathering information to see this person's buy-in of you. Right? How how interested do they seem? And if you ask people, they'll tell you why me? This is a really good question that we have all of our students ask either in the application and or on their sales call or discovery call. Um, which I personally use strategy call. Small difference, but like it's not a discovery call because you know who I am, and I don't need to discover you. My. That's a great point. Right. Like the process at which you should have on a sales call is qualifying. You are qualifying them to see if they are the right fit to work with you. Energetic fit, mindset fit. Right. Energy means like, are they do they need this now? Are they ready emotionally, right, financially, whatever. And then um, like how how bought in are they? Are they shopping around Right. Oh, I love when people say that to us. Like, first of all, I haven't taken a sales call in two years. So this is all now feedback that I get from my team. Like, oh, well, I'm just shopping around. What does that tell us about them? Right. It's okay. Like people are entitled to that. It tells us something they are not. They might not be in enough pain to be ready for what we have to offer. Right. And so I think that's super important, because if you're going to go 100 for this person, they need to go 100 back
1: right? People have to
0: meet you there. You can't carry them. So we look for mentality. Are they a victim mentality? Oh, I paid this person and that person and nothing worked. Or is it, I've been investing in my business since day one, right? It's the frame. Like how are they explaining what they do? So these are all the things before you even get on that call. Okay. Then there are typically seven to nine buckets that you have to qualify for. Okay. At that point, You have to give them a yes or a no, meaning you say like, no, this is not a fit. I wish you the best of luck. Go check out this other person. I think they might be able to help you or you offer them a downsell. Now, this is really the hardest part for people is saying no when someone's not the right fit and then knowing how to dig in. So let's say I ask someone, so tell me about your business. And they say that they've been struggling for three years, right? Right there. I need to ask a supplementary question. I need to know why are they struggling? What have they tried to fix it on their own? Why have they let it go on so long, right? I need to peel back the layer of every bit of that onion before I move on to my next bucket. And I feel like people who don't know how to sell simply because they have not been trained by like professional online sales closers, like this is what we do. They're just like, okay, so like this is what I do. And they give a whole pitch, Yeah. right? So like little tip here, if you're talking more than the potential client, you're doing it wrong.
1: You have two ears and one mouth for a reason.
0: 100%, because you should only be asking questions. You don't know if you can help them. You don't know if they're ready for what you do. That's okay. You're not going to close every sale. And if you do, there's probably something wrong, right? And closing a sale, transacting with someone who's not the right fit is a great way to ruin a reputation. It's a great way to have a bunch of online drama, right? Someone goes and like posts some whatever about you and it's a great way to get your stripe or paypal taken down because you have too many flags of refund requests yep right so yeah. make, so really qualifying is how you protect yourself um, and you protect the the customers by saying no
1: 100 that that that's actually a huge huge point and that's something that i realized too uh because even w- when i've developed my strategies and my ways of you know teach my clients, um, I've noticed that a lot of them worked, uh, but a lot of them didn't. And then I peeled back that skin and and noticed that the ones that didn't work. It was back on the client of not posting consistently or not even implementing the strategies or on me for working with them and so i think qualifying that client is not only uh good for for you and the client because the client might not even be needed to do it or like you said could just be shopping around and not enough, enough pain but it's really good for you because then you know exactly who you're working with you know exactly how you can help them and you know exactly how it'll be a beneficial relationship moving forward and, and the fact that it will, you know, impact them uh, and it won't negatively impact your image and your reputation, uh, because that's that's huge, you know, especially if you have proven strategies that work um, and they're not working for a lot of your clients, probably because you didn't, you know, pre-qualify them. That's going to ruin your reputation and your future business. Um, so now that they're qualified, they're on the call. How do you how do you seal the deal? How do you uh, kind of close it up?
0: So you've gotten through these seven to nine buckets you've dug in in between, right? Because again, like the worst thing that I see people do, they get a bucket and they just move on. They're like, oh, okay, so what do you need help with? And maybe they tell you, oh, I want to lose weight. And you're going, oh, okay, well, so, and then they go like into the pitch, right? Like they're like, they're qualified. No, they're not. Why do they want to lose weight? Have they tried to lose weight before? What happened? Right. Why, are they on a, A diet cycle of hell. Like, is their husband calling them fat? Like, what is it? Right? Like, are they binging You have no idea. You have no idea. Still, um. So really, truly understanding, uh, what, why, how, where, when, blah, 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 blah. Right. By the way, no, those are not the buckets, but it gives you some idea of like, who is this person? Why are we on the phone? Why do they think I can help them? Um. And what have they tried? Why hasn't it worked? and really understanding the landscape of like where they're truly at. And if you truly can help them, because just because, right, I'm an online business coach does not mean that I can help every other coach, nor do I want to. Correct. That's okay. That's totally okay. There's a reason I don't take on business coaches. Right. And I can pretty much guarantee you that 99.99% of them have applied for our program. And they say, Oh, I'm a business coach. Oh, I teach social media. (laughs) 300 followers, right? Tell in their content, oh, you can make $10,000 if you do this. They privately, right, apply to work with us. Oh, I'm making $2,000 a month. What are you doing trying to teach someone to make 10 grand? You've never done it. Yeah. No. So that's a no, right? So you kind of get learn to get your bearings of like who's a fit, who's not a fit, and also the tonality of your conversation. So guiding someone through a process. And the thing with the qualifying process is that it's supposed to draw out objections. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand this with sales. People think that you wait till the end, you pitch them, you offer them to and come on, and come on stone, come work with us, right? Do you want to join? And then all the objections come out. If you're qualifying correctly, your objections are going to come out and you're going to get essentially what's called like a bear trap where you're going to be able to, when another objection comes out, tie back. So there's all these different terminologies that we teach our students around selling that help them build this skill set Cause it's a, it's essentially a muscle, right? It's, it, it, it takes time. It's not, it's not a script. If someone's trying to give you a sales script, run the other direction. It's a frame. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Yeah, I've been doing this 100%. for a long time. Like we've been teaching business since 2019. Our students have generated over $10 million of revenue for their small businesses. That is their win. That's why I leave with that. Because these are real people with real businesses that have changed their own lives, right? We were just the vehicle for that. So it's important if you want to have great results for your clients that you're really qualifying properly. And then there's a little game of silence that we play. Okay. So you want someone to ask you about your program. Mm. You want them to ask you, right? Yeah. He's a lead in like, Oh, okay. Like, Thank you so much for sharing all this with me today. Like I absolutely, based on what you've shared with me about this problem and that thing and that other thing, I know that we can help you.
1: Yeah, and then and, a, and, then, and then you then just seal the, the deal. Shut
0: the fuck up. You shut the fuck Love up. It. Right? People talk They're like this. I product. Seventy five weeks. dollar <laughs> worksheets. And you know you get to work with me and you can text me. And yeah. Eye, and you get all these photos. Da, 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 da. No one fucking cares. If I could solve your problem in an hour. You would still do it, right? No one cares about your worksheets and your modules and your video content and your this and your that and your other thing, okay? You should be able to talk about your offer in two sentences. That's it. We call that a mission statement. Every offer should have a mission statement. What is it? Timeline. Who is it for? Solution. That's it. And then you shut the fuck up. because I love it. You do not ask someone, you know, let's say I, say, I hundred. I know that we can help you. And they say, okay. And I say, do you want to hear more about how that works? Yeah. Getting yeses along the way, right? They essentially feel like they're in control, but the professional is guiding them. It's just very subtle, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why I said sales is a skill. So awesome. don't go buy someone's $10 fucking script because it's not going to work. Um, yeah. Okay. So they, you know, you have silence, game of silence, where the fir- essentially the first person to speak not loses, but like you're more in control because they now are coming to you saying, I'm interested, right? Got it. So now they're saying, okay, yeah, I want to know about it. Fantastic. So the boss method is a 90-day business accelerator proven over 500 students generating millions of dollars. Here's what we do, right? We help coaches, course creators, and experts build profitable coaching and course businesses using organic social media. Love it. And then we shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Let them ask. Oh, amazing. Okay, what about this? What about that? What about that? Fantastic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because now they're interested. They're asking me for more information. And the last thing is then you say, do you, th- do you feel like that'll work for you? And they say, oh my God, yes, it's exactly what I need. Notice that I did not go into a 45-minute conversation about everything that we offer. I didn't say we have 52 calls over 12 weeks. I didn't say, right, there's a daily call With an expert, like those might be little things here or there that come in with an answer, right? But it's like top line because you're going to get, you're going to create more objections for yourself by explaining. It's a huge transformation. I love when people say that. I'm like, and you think that someone who's struggling with a problem wants to have, go through a crazy huge transformation. Do you know how daunting that feels to someone's ego? You're not selling to people, you're selling to their ego. That's kind of what you have to understand is like the reason people say yes on the call and they get off and they don't buy it's because their ego steps in and they realize if I want to have this result that they call this huge transformation, that's totally terrifying to me. That's going to be this really a lot of hard work. I'd rather stay in my comfort zone. So I'm not going to call them back, even though I said yes. Okay. So sales call, you want someone Love to it. ask you for the price. Kind of Love it. All, okay? Yeah. And that's
1: I, uh, nice. Yeah, and, and a, a huge uh, component of that is you sh- you shouldn't be speaking more than twenty percent of the time. You got to you know it, it's it's really like I said earlier. You have two ears, one mouth for a reason. Uh, listen more than you speak, especially on sales calls. Okay, um, that's that's really good information. So now now you now you're selling like crazy. You and and maybe now you have a little bit too many too many more clients. You know your your demand is you know keep. It's it's continuing to come in. Uh, you're getting a little overwhelmed. Now it's time to really really scale. What is what does the scaling process look like now? Uh, you know, you talk about systems, processes, you know, recurrent payments, KPIs, all this, all this other thing. You know, all these little terms, and they're really important into this process. But how do you how do you scale? How do you keep up with with demand?
0: So typically, people. The business doesn't usually go the way that we always want and so I think what's important to understand is having fail safes and really the scale in boss build offer sell scale right gotta know how to sell with confidence and you need to be able to scale the business to six figures right a six figure business eight thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars a month anywhere from that to ten thousand dollars you know and a little bit more you got yourself a six figure business People make this so much harder than it needs to be. So what we teach in that component of scale, right, is the ideas of where you want to go, and then the fail safes. How do you make sure that you have enough leads, right, to continue generating eight to $10,000 a month consistently, predictably, right? It's not one 10K k month, okay, now I'm ready to go make 100K a month, because what it takes to run a $10,000 a month business is you. What it takes to run a $100,000 a month business is a lot of team, a lot of system, Right. A lot of what you talked about, which is these KPIs and the SOPs and all the business infrastructure. So what I see is people try to scale too fast. And so really what we focus and hyper focus our students on is that first scale, it's just consistency. It's just predictability. Allow yourself to feel supported by the business for a while. Really learn your numbers. I think that's something that I don't know a lot of other people that teach, and we teach it for a really important reason. Right. So with sales. How many leads did you generate this week? How many conversations did you have? How many booked calls did you get? How many applicants, right? How many offers did you make? That means you don't make offers to everyone because not everyone's the right fit that you talk to, right? So what's your percentage? Where should you be? So we're really teaching a lot of when it comes to that system. You don't need a fucking website. You don't need crazy sales pages, right? Like there's templates that we have for those sorts of things. It's more or less about like really having a pulse on your business so that you know... If I only got 10 leads this week, 10 new followers, only one of them booked a call with me, right? 10% conversion, not good. I'm 30, I'm 20% short of where I need to be. Now I know how to fix that. So we're teaching our students leading indicators so that they're making good decisions and they can generate 8 to 10K a month consistently because one win, one 10K k month is not the same as 6, 10, 12 of them, right? So really that's Just hyper-focusing because, again, people want to come straight out the gate. Path of income, of course, multiple funnels. You're not fucking ready. You have no idea what you're doing, right? I could give you all the frameworks and all the bits and the templates, and you would still fuck it up because you just don't have enough of the, like, musculature, right? So that's really what we're building in Boss. It's like building a sustainable business that can scale over time. So you can quit your job and go full time, right? Maybe you hire your first VA, right? Like you're in that six-figure realm. You have confidence, you know how to sell, you know how to create content that's gonna generate leads, you have an idea of your business. Cool. At that point, so my minimum is typically I'm like you have to have made between three and six ten thousand dollar months at minimum or eight, right in there to start thinking about really scaling the business, which is delegating. Pulling yourself out of the delivery mechanism of your offers, right? Tripling, quadrupling, 5Xing your revenue, and then building your funnels and starting to bring in potentially ads so that you can really go passive. Passive doesn't passive is such a shitty word though, because almost yeah. nothing is passive, right? Yeah. Almost nothing is passive. So I think it creates a little bit of a, a misconstrued understanding. Like business is not passive, but I get to work on the things that are only in my Zen of Genius because I get to delegate it. So it still happens, right? Like we still have conversations. People are still booking sales calls. We sign tons of clients every single month for different products, right? Different programs. And that all happens essentially without me.
1: Wow. So... And that that's that's really important to note too, in, in terms of like uh, what what you said of like delivering the value or taking you out of, out of the delivery process of the value, yeah. um, and that comes with obviously delegating some of those tasks and hiring out. Um, you know, when you when you're becoming your own boss uh, and and you know hiring people, how does it like a solopreneur coming from you know doing everything? Yeah. Every, you know, carrying every hat. How does that person go from delegating? What do they look out for? How do they, you know, hire out, and how do they manage that person? Educate that person.
0: Hundred percent. So because we started seeing so many students succeed, like we built a secondary program called Funnel and Scale, which is really where we teach a lot of this. Um, and with the the bigger your your business gets, the more money you make right? I think people, it's an inverse reaction. I think people think that the more money you make, the easier it becomes and the less risk there is. It's actually the opposite because your mistakes become so much more expensive. They become so much more lethal, right? So things like hiring the wrong people and trusting the wrong people, that cost me a year of my life. Like I hired two of the wrong, wrong, wrong people. I learned that lesson the hard way, which that's what makes me so able to teach it and make sure my students never make those same mistakes that i made so you guys it's okay to make mistakes right but like you've got to learn from that too Uh, you know mistakes are okay they make you really good so with with delegating i think what's important is first and foremost understanding like what are the things that you suck at (laughs) and you have to get honest with yourself you're not good at everything like i am a creative genius i'm a visionary I am so fucking unorganized. Like, it's just not, you know, doesn't mean I'm not clean. I'm just disorganized. Like, my Google folders, it's all crazy, right? So I had my first hire was bringing in someone who was incredibly organized. All of the things that I was not. I think sometimes people want to hire their twin. That's the worst mistake you could make. You need someone who closes the gaps for you, right? So what are the things that you suck at? What are the things in your business that you hate doing? And what are the things that someone else could be better at? than you, like what you write. So what are those things for you? They're different for everybody. Um, typically you're gonna hire part-time people, VAs, right? Um, so typically you'll be like virtual admin, okay? And then maybe you have some other thing that you need help with, right? Obviously you need a CPA, tax strategist, someone to work with you and like do your bookkeeping, but also help you plan and prep your taxes as a business owner, make you understand like what can I write off? What can I not write off, et cetera. Um, and then it evolves. Like it just really depends on what you need, right? Some people hire a social media manager because they don't want to post anymore. Some people might hire like an online business manager because they want to be doing other things. You know, I think still hiring mentorship is really important as well, but really delegating out the work that you no longer want to do. Um, yes, that's a lot easier to, I think, said than done, because what you have to understand with hiring is especially with like social media or content or you know, messaging, marketing, supporting your clients, any of that, right? Like a lot of coaches want to hire a second coach. You need personality more than skill, right? So if it's like a virtual assistant, running emails, setting up tech, all that stuff, yeah, they should have the skill set. When you're bringing in someone who's essentially going to support your clients, right? We have dedicated student success managers on our team, they have private calls with students. They email, they text, like they are the ones essentially holding the students accountable, making sure they're showing up, right? And so they have their own interface with our students. So it's incredibly important that not only do they mimic my language and the language of the program, right? But that they can do that job, that they can hold someone accountable, right? So like, I think a lot of people try and hire for skill when in the long term, you want to be hiring for personality, 100%.
1: one hundred percent. Such a great point. I mean, even when you said, uh, you know, most coaches will try to hire another coach. I almost fell in that same trap because I was like, I'm getting all these clientele. I need to teach someone else what I know to give them. But in reality, I needed to to you know fix my own shit. I needed to get organized. I needed to to track my clientele, how many posts they posted, what are the view count of those posts, all of that before I could. You know, hire another coach, and let alone train that coach. Everything I know, um, so that's that's a huge that's a huge great point. I think that's a that's a great way to uh, to end the podcast. But do you have anything? You have anything for me? Any questions or anything?
0: No, I think what I'll leave people with is remembering that typically you make business and social media a lot harder than it has to be. Um, and it's not going to be a one foul swoop. Oh, I bought this one course. I invested in this one thing. I follow this one person. Right. It's a really, I think, about figuring out where you fit into the world and what type of impact you want to make and what type of money you want to make um, and finding people that you align with. Um, and not just like throwing money at your problem either, but really being willing to be coachable and to do the work and to learn the things that you're missing, right? We're all missing things in our business, me included, right? And so it's, it depends on like, what does that look like for you? And figuring out if you don't know how to fix it, you need to find someone who can help you fix it, right? so 100%. I think- I never say never trust a coach without a coach. I just think it's such an I just think it's such an important part of like what we do. Yeah. It right? is like really living the truth of what you teach. And we're always evolving, getting better, pushing ourselves. It's not there's no finish line to this being in business thing, right? There's no finish line to entrepreneurship. So if you're looking for a get rich quick thing, I would like go the other direction.
1: Yeah, because
0: I, you can attest to that, right? It's probably a lot more work than you initially thought. Uh, but that's one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fun of it is like you're on a, the greatest adventure that life could ever offer, and I also think business is the best journey of self development. If you let it be, it will teach you more about yourself, and it will push you farther than you ever thought you could be pushed, and you will truly change your life if you just show up, do the work and let yourself learn from others who have done it. Right. And never give up.
1: Wow. I, I yeah, that's a TikTok clip too. That was a, yeah. uh, that was, <laughs> that's it's straight facts though. I mean, even the, 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 best play, I mean, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, all these great people had coaches, um, and, and to sim- simplify the business. And I think we did that, uh, really, really well. in this episode of, you know, the, the foundation, offer, sell, and then scale. Uh, guys, please make sure to check out Janae's programs linked in the description down below. But also, uh, be sure to, to subscribe to the podcast and rate it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, and if you don't follow me on TikTok already, I'll put all those links down in the description as well as Janae's. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.